When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great ball. Will be collected by Regulon. Options in the middle. Son, Kane and Bale all waiting. And there is Gareth Bale! You thought you'd never see it again. Gareth Bale scoring for Spurs. After more than seven years away, Gareth Bale is back. What a super header. Spurs lead again. Well, there you go. Can you believe it? Gareth Bale scoring again for Tottenham Hotspur. What an incredible show we have coming your way. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're all keeping safe and well out there. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Audio Boom. We're on all major Android and audio applications. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And we are back providing you with instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur going second in the Premier League thanks to Gareth Bauer's match winner, his first goal since his return to Tottenham Hotspur. I'm delighted to be joined by Lee McQueen, Chris Cowlin, and also welcoming back Crackers to this panel for this very special show. We'll be discussing Tottenham Hotspur's win, looking ahead to Ludogorets to come in the Europa League on Thursday, along with a very big announcement on the last word on Spurs. Make sure you listen to this show in full. A massive announcement coming your way. But firstly, let me discuss and introduce the panel talking us through this next hour. Please have back on this show, we've got the wonderful Richard Cracknell's with us. Rich, how are you? Evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening anywhere in the world. Uh, yes, back again after another win. I had a shaky start as a guest on this show, didn't I? But, uh, stability, yeah. stability now, Rich. I it's three on the trot now. It is, yeah. We're loving it, so loving it. Yeah, we, you, ah, when you yes. can't lose, you can't lose at the moment. On the streak, on I'm on the a streak. streak. We've got to keep it up, we've got to keep it up. Join in, Rich, please, to have also back on this show. We've got Chris Cowling, whose tennis trophies are coming. Chris, on the back of that, how are you feeling? Are they coming? I'm feeling pretty good. Tottenham are up to second. Gareth Bale gets his first goal of the season. We've beaten a very uh, good, physical, tough side in Brighton, you know, we beat Burnley Monday night. You know, it's all good. And, you know, Tottenham are up to second. And 
Now we're unbeaten in the Premier League since the opening weekend. Yeah, no, like I say, in terms of results, you cannot fault them. Let's come round to Lee McQueen. I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. I, I I'm, I'm delighted. It's a difficult, um, uh, difficult game uh, in the end, like uh, like I think some of us said on, on the last pod. Uh, but yeah, really delighted with the win. And as Chris said, we're, we're up to second. I've got my blue book of stats out, which I'll go into them in, in detail later on. I'm sure during the show when you give me an opportunity to do so. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to getting into the uh, into the detail tonight. Lee, I'm actually going to start the show with you because obviously we had a bit of a debrief. Thought you might. We're going to have the, we had a debrief <laughs> off air. I think I might bring this point onto it. I know you're quite. I don't know the word right word to use is frustrated by the fact that listen, we've got a win there. We're up to second in the Premier League. You're quite a positive person. Should everything be rosy in the garden right now? Yeah, I think so. I think that you know when when you when you hear a lot of or when you read a lot of noise from people saying we're lucky, we're rubbish, we ain't played well for five games, we're not playing well enough, we'll be lucky to get into the top four. You know, p- people just be t- taking my positivity out, out of my bucket. Now, I'm, I'm, my bucket is full of positivity. Stop taking it. You know, because nothing really to moan about. I think that my message to all of our listeners, and I, and I love our listeners, as you, as you know, whether or not you're, you know, you're um, hard than season ticket holders or you watch Spurs by the telly, which, by the way, was a disgrace to have to pay 15 quid for that tonight. But, you know, whether you're not, you're just watching on telly or, you know, you're, you know, when it, wherever you are in the world, like, it's fantastic um, to, to listen to the show. But I do get frustrated with people because I believe, this is my belief, and it's just my opinion, right? So I respect everybody else's. But I've, I believe that people have forgotten how to enjoy a victory. No, just because you enjoy a victory doesn't mean to say that you think you're going to win the league next week, right? Don't mean to say that you, you think that you're going to go on and like be unbeaten for the rest of the season. It's not about getting carried away. It's just about enjoying the fact that we are second in the Premier League for the first time. For, we're, we're actual fact we're in the t- we're in the top four for the first time in eighteen months. We've been through utter pain. No, painful rebuild. Potch, painful rebuild. Tottenham 2.0. You know, Rick and Jamie, you talk so much about transfers. We've gone through all that pain. And tonight, I can't even enjoy the fact that we're second in the Premier League. Like, without being criticised to say, I'm good, you know, you're, you're getting carried away. I'm not getting carried away. I'm just loving the fact that we are second. We've beaten, like Chris said, a tough team to beat. Did well um, in, in patches, Brighton. Um, but, there, but that result was, was you know, two shots on target the whole game. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, for, for us, um, coming out of there, hard-fought victory, uh, victory against Burnley as well. Um, and we've had some fantastic results. So I just think, look, don't moan about it. Chill out. Enjoy the victory. Um, and, uh, and, we, and we go on to our next game. And, and, and as one of our own Jason said uh, on the WhatsApp group, if we beat West Brom in our next fixture, we go top. And I don't think that's happened for, well, I can't remember. Was it five years, is it, guys? So that's all I'm saying. Like, at the end five of the years day, for 20 seconds or...? <laughs> yeah, well it, well, it might be. I think, I think, look, I think part of the mentality of the players, part of the mentality of the staff, part of the mentality of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club is the fans' mentality as well. And we are ingrained to be disappointed. We are ingrained. That is what we think. We always think. And the only thing that's going to happen, the only thing that's going to happen to you or anybody else that they constantly think negative is what? Negativity. That's the only thing that's going to happen. So suck it up tonight. Let's analyse the game. But the reality is we've won. We've got the three points. We're second in the Premier League. It's fantastic. And I, like I said, I'm buzzing for it, mate. Chris, let me come round to you. I mean, listen, Spurs are in their first win 
in the Premier League at home this season, thanks to Gareth Bale's first goal for the club since May of 2013. It was a great moment in a game that would have otherwise been full of real controversy in terms of refereeing decisions. Looking at the game, Chris, as a whole, what did you make of that performance and the victory? You know, Rick, I'm completely with Lee on this. Um, I, I feel, you know, I feel like I've got confidence back in my team. And even at 1-1, I felt that we were going to, you know, go on to win the game. As soon as Gareth Bauer come on, um, you know, it just had it, it, it written, didn't it, that he was going to come on and get the winning goal. But when you analyse the Premier League games that we've had so far this season, even the ones at home, Newcastle at home 1-1, West Ham 3-3, you know, we should have got three points from both of those games easily. And then we'd be sitting top of the Premier League. But when you think back to that first weekend when we lost 1-0 um, at home to Everton, it was very dismal. It was a dismal game. Uh, we all thought, my God, this is going to be a very, very long season. Um, you know, it's going to be one of those seasons. We're not going to finish in the top four, blah, blah, blah. And now I feel like I'm getting excited because when we can win games like at Burnley on a Monday night, you know, grinding the result out and we've grinded the, today's result out, these are difficult games. And as we all know, in Premier League history, you know, some of these games are the ones that we have really, really struggled. And when you can grind results out like this and then, you know, our away record so far, beating Southampton 5-2, ripping them apart, ripping Manchester United apart 6-1. You know, we've had some really, really good performances so far this season. So I think that, you know, I, I, took, I completely agree with what Lee's saying, that a lot of the, the fans need to get a bit more confidence in the team and what Jose Mourinho is all about, because, you know, we're sitting second in the Premier League. Who would have thought that? If you'd have said to people a few months ago, we'd, you know, in a few months' time, we're going to be sitting second in the Premier League. Um, Gareth Bale will be back. Gareth Bale will be getting our winner. You know, grinding these results out, everybody would have taken it. I think that everyone needs to be, you know, a little bit more upbeat and, you know, talking about the trophies and talking about challenging. Because at the moment, the Premier League is wide open. You know, you name me a team who's, who's playing some super great football. Mm. When you're playing super great football against some of these sides that we have, and we've scored a lot of goals. Most importantly, you know, people, you know, teams win competitions and Premier Leagues through grinding results out against difficult teams, which we are doing. So, you know, why can't we feel excited? I'm going to bring it on to a guy that I know is always excited, always positive. Mr Cracknell back in our show. Rich, there was no late drama and Gareth Bale was the match winner for Spurs. And as we, the boys have said then, as we've all said, we head into second position in the Premier League. The highest we've been since January the 1st, 2019. Did you enjoy that game, Rich? Could you enjoy that game? And was it all just about getting the result? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those can't really enjoy games because Brighton are very well organised um, and they, they spoil us. I think they were a lot of uh, sexy foreplay without much penetration. So I think they sort of flatter to deceive a little bit, to be honest. And uh, yeah, I, I think as Chris said, back in the day, we, we would have either gone down 2-1 or it have finished one all. But Bell comes on and does what Bell does with a most brilliant pinpoint header. I mean, he hasn't just like thrown, it, thrown his nut at that. He's actually placed that just in the sweet spot where he can't get to it. And that's that bit of quality, that little bit of difference. And that's what we have in the side now. Um, second, um, and, and playing, playing well today, wasn't allowed to play well, and but still got the result. So what more can you do? If a team comes and does what Brighton does today and do quite well, like, don't lose the game. They haven't come to win it. They've come not to lose it. 
and they've lost it. So there, there's your three points in the bag done. When we come up against teams that play a little bit more open, then then we play more open and we look better. And if we get the win, you think it's fantastic. If the draw or a loss, you go, oh well, you know, we did we played well, but it didn't quite happen today. Don't know what people want if they, you know, if they're moaning, oh, that's not quite good enough. That well, I tell you, I'll, I'll take it all day long because if like win the league, but play like that all season. You've got the league, you've got the, you've got the trophy in the cabinet. It's as simple as that. Totally. And I said after 100%. the Man U game, but we're going to win the league. I'm sticking with it. We are going to win the you league. Did say that. It's, Mate, written. it's I'm you telling didn't you, say that it was fair play or the Premier League, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Premier League, and I tell you, the Paul English Wiley, Premier League, yes. The English Premier League, we are winning it. We are winning it. I'm telling you now because nobody else is pulling up trees. Liverpool look all over the place since they lost Van Dyke. Man, you forget it, like because Ollie's doing what he's doing at the will. Carry on. Um, nobody else. City don't look that great. Arsenal, no, not for me. Everton, no, they'll fall away. It's ours, and I tell you the biggest reason why is because there won't be fans in the stadium this season, and Spurs will be the team that won the league when no one got to see it. But. I'll yeah, take classic. it all day long. That I'll is... take it all day <laughs> so long. So Spurs. Book from show, but we won it. It's ours. And, it's done. And, and crackers. Uh, crackers. Uh, Rick, Rick, just quickly. Uh, so crackers and uh, and Chris, I, I'm with the guys. Rick, to, to be fair, and, and I just want to look. At the end of the day, we do these shows straight after the match for the match and so on and so forth, and it should be really positive because, like you said, and, and you said it yourself, Rick. You know, we're up to second, mm, yeah. but we're also in the league. Right, we're, we've got the most goals. So we've got the top goals on our side. We've got the top uh, assist merchant in terms of Harry Kane on our side. We've got the most uh, goals scored in the Premier League uh, team. Um, we've got the best goal difference in the Premier League. We've got the third highest shots uh, in the league. We've got um, uh, the player with the most passes in the league. I'm getting a blue book out here right now. Right now, the blue book is here, Rick. Don't you worry about that. And we've also hit the woodwork the joint of first amount of times in the Premier League. So, so we've only lost one game. There's only four teams in the Premier League right now that have only lost one game. That's Chelsea, Liverpool, City, and Spurs. So, so I, I, you've got to you've got to try and convince me based on them little stats and everything that we just talked about. You've got to convince me otherwise that we ain't in with a shout. When Crackers are saying we're going to win it, you know, Chris is telling me that trophies are coming. I, I'm on the train, mate. I'm in the crazy train. I'm believing. People need to start shaking off the old school. That's done. Our process of going through the pain is 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 enabled us to go and get the victories and go and win. And today we'll get into the match itself. Do you want to watch a match like that every day? You know, every single week. Well, yeah, because you know what, we'd win the league if we won because we won the game two one. It was it difficult? Was it a bit sloppy in parts? Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But the reality is, all them stats are there to see. No, no one can argue with them. The factual information was second in the league. Long Matt continue. Now, as always, we ask you to send in your listener questions to the show. You can do that, as always, by tweeting us at Last Word on Spurs or via our Instagram account too. Had a whole host of listener questions in and listener statements on the back of that win against Brighton. Let's take a flavour of some of them. Matt Martin says, winning when we're second best isn't that just what champions do? Brighton's goal was a disgrace on the referee who didn't want to admit his error. 
Winning a game with a bow goal, second in the league, loving it, Coys. Giuseppe Alberto says it wasn't easy or pretty, but it's three points. Toby and Regulon both had terrific passes on Bale's goal. As a Spurs fan in 2020, we have just witnessed another late Bale winner. That makes life seem normal again. Let's keep building and let's keep winning. Stuart M says, butting with that win in the end and Bale with a winner, even though on the rough end of a real dodgy decision again from the referee, Regulon puts in quality crosses even with his weaker right foot. What a signing he has been. Kaniso Kalani says, So much said about this team's mentality. Worth noting that it's two wins this week where we've dug really, really deep. If I recall, ugly wins these Wolves, Man City, Brighton, Southampton and Arsenal last season. Yes, we should be playing better, but perhaps these lads deserve more credit. Stuart Carter says, Ultimately, the points are all that matters. Overcoming their equaliser and crazy VAR decisions showed real steel. What has left me with a warm feeling is the game management at the end. Six minutes of complete control and no panic. Lads are clearly learning a lesson from the West Ham game. Sam Lewis says two ugly wins in a row. Maybe this Spurs team is starting to develop into a nasty, well-oiled machine. Ryan Smith says another win. Kane again. Bow on the score sheet. That's it. The trophies are coming. Second in the league. And we didn't even really get going. Do we dare to believe, Jose? Josh Dollar says... It seems like the team plays well for about 15 minutes of each half and then sip deep, attempt to defend and hope that we hit on the counter than the other team. Is this actually sustainable or is this fun to watch? Well, we're going to get into those questions now. Chris, just on this point, and obviously a lot of people discussing the actual general performance. Now, if we look at it, because like I say, we've got lots to talk about on the show as we always do. Up to the 70, of, up to the 70 minute mark, end of that first half, beginning of the second half, I think there was an element of concern about the way Spurs were controlling that game, if that's the right word, or trying to control the game. But again, you look at it now, it's two very hard-fought wins for Tottenham. You know, Burnley, Brighton, these are typical games that you think in the past Spurs maybe would have slipped up upon. They're typical games in the Premier League this season that a lot of teams are going to struggle to cope with. So therefore, you know, when you get a special moment like Bale grabbing that winner, does that in a way start to maybe alleviate any doubts in your mind that this Spurs team can genuinely challenge here? Why not? Why not? I'll tell you, there are so many improvements to come. So far in our seven Premier League games, you, you can tell that there are so many more improvements to come as well. You know, Gareth Bale isn't 100% fit. Um, you know, a player like Gareth Bale coming off of Tottenham's bench in the 70th minute, it gives us all confidence. You know, imagine Jose Mourinho, the confidence that he's got being able to put such a world star on with 20 minutes to go when we're, you know, chasing the game, need a goal. Um, you need need that winner. And that is what it's all about. And, and when Tottenham have all of those options, and when you think as well, Steven Bergwijn, Carlos Vinicius, you know, the list is endless of players that missed out today, even, you know, on the sub bench or in the starting 11. Now, that's why I'm hugely excited, because in some of these seven games so far, Tottenham haven't played particularly well. But we know that there's so much more to come. And when we're second in the Premier League, and, and as Richard said, you know, it, it doesn't look like the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City and, you know, other clubs are looking that great so far this season. You know, why can't we challenge? I, I don't think I'm getting carried away. I just think that I'm being quite realistic in, in the fact that when I see the results and see the performances that we've had so far this season, and when you think West Brom is our next away game on paper, I know it all that always don't work out like that, but in, on paper, we should be winning that game. And, and the confidence level that it will put through the squad 
of actually sitting on the top of the Premier League, even if it's for a few hours, 24 hours, whatever, you know, the confidence that it will give the squad and it will it will install real belief. And when you've got players like, um, you know, Gareth Bale, who, who has been there, done it and, and won every trophy, you know, he's going to be saying to the team, you know, come on, we can do this. And we've said many times on this show, Harry Kane, Hunmin Son, Hugo Lloris, they haven't won trophies at Tottenham. It's surely this has got to be Tottenham's year. Crackers, as I mentioned, not the prettiest of performances on the eye, but these are the kind of games that if successful teams do get over the line, this is what it's all about, isn't it? This is the kind of games you're going to get throughout a season where they're going to prove tough, but you've got to find a way to win. And for Spurs, these are always the games in the past that maybe we've had a struggle on, but we're starting to get over the line, aren't we? We are, yeah. And this is why the Premier League is the most successful league in the world because it's strong. From top to bottom, it's strong. There's so much money in it, so many good players, so many good managers, that every week is a challenge, every, no matter who you play. This isn't like La Liga, like where I, I live, where it's two teams, maybe a couple others that sort of go close, and then the rest is like, oh, you've, like, you've never heard of them. Like, most of the teams in La Liga are 400 points at Scrabble. Like, and you just, other than that, like their names, you, you've, you've never heard of them. But like the Premier League is a different animal, absolutely different. There is not one easy game, home or away. It's it's just not. So you cut your cloth accordingly, like we did today. Go and grind it out. Go and get it done. And we got it done. It's just as simple as that. But to go back to Lee's point on positivity and Spurs fans being positive, that's what we need to do. Footballers are no different to butchers, bakers and candlestick makers when they get a, a little bit of feedback and when they see comments. Rick, if you like, if you do a show and somebody comes in and they go, oh, not the best show of the season, Rick. You know, I didn't like signs I was a guest and uh, I didn't like this. I who's didn't like who's you tipped you off? You read it, didn't you, Rick? And you go, oh, and it sort of brings you down a little bit. If you get a show where it's been brilliant and you've had a couple of hundred comments saying, oh, Rick, loved the show this week, loved it, I'm buzzing, I'm going, how great do you feel? So it's no different from you hosting a podcast to a footballer playing football. Now, if they're getting a bunch of positivity on their timelines when they they read through them, they're going to feel 10 feet tall. But if they're getting a load of stuff coming in, that, you know, it, it drags you down. It, it, bring, it brings you down. You know, I, I do my bits with the old players when I host these nights. They're no exactly. different to you or I. They are living, breathing human beings with the same worries, fears, hopes and dreams and everything. They react the same. So give them some positivity. You'll see it back in performances. Get, get behind them. Let's yep. let's try, like, you know, tipping it round and trying that approach. And I'll tell you, we, we, we could get somewhere. We can get somewhere. We will get somewhere. Yeah. No, I agree. On, I agree. I mean, love I, it. I mean, at the moment, should there be much to moan about? We're in, i say, the uh, the Carabao Cup, the quarterfinals. We, you know, we're doing okay in the Europa League. Of course, we had that step up on Thursday. But, you know, generally, we should have enough quality to get through. Second in the Premier League. FA Cup still to come. I mean, listen, on this show, we try and retain some kind of fair balance. But again, listen... After a game, there's, of course, excitement. And I'm sure you can feel that coming across the mic. But, of course, whatever happens at Spurs, and, of course, every week, team news breaks. And always, Lee, you know, there's 
There's an element of totally. controversy about who's being picked, who's been left out. Ahead of this game, Eric Dyer and Tungi Ondombele. Uh, they were both left at home midweek to recover and they returned to the starting lineup. Jose Mourinho yeah. admitted at the back end of last week that we missed Tungi Ondombele, so it was great to see him back. One of only two changes was Sergio Regulon keeping his place from Thursday ahead of Ben Davis in the left after the Welshman's mistake, which led to the Antwerp winner. Deli Ali, Serge Aurea, Davinson Sanchez, Steven Bergvine and Carlos Vinicius were among those that were left out of the squad entirely. Gareth Bowers, we know, got another hour into his legs against Antwerp and he was on the bench. Eric Lamella and Lucas Mora, who came off the bench for the second half against Antwerp, let's say, were involved in the squad. And it was Lamella who got the start out of the trio. What did you make, Lee, of that lineup ahead of the game? I was, I think I was one out, wasn't I, when we when we picked the team um, in, in in the pre uh, pre game uh, show that we do, like on like in the in the WhatsApp group, um, and, and I think I had Bow to start, didn't I, rather than Lamella, and, and he went with Lamella, which I kind of understand why. To, to be fair, you know, he's got a lot of energy, and Bow obviously wasn't fit enough, and I gave I gave Bow a bit of uh, um, a bit of well, I gave everyone a bit of jib, didn't I? But after that Antwerp performance, because it's woeful. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think it was fair enough. I thought he would go with Soko um, and Hoiber in, in the middle of the park, and then Dumbella. And I think I'm a, I'm a little bit gutted for uh, Tungri today because he got a yellow card, didn't he? Really early on, I think it was in the sixth or seventh minute, and I think that really kind of uh, regressed where he his performance in, in in today. So I feel like that. He's really got the bite about him now. He's got some, you know, some real good energy about him. Which, I, again, I didn't think that we'd be saying that about um, and Dumbella this time last season. We certainly wouldn't have been saying it. Um, so I think he's got a bit of bite about him now, and I think that he he got booked early on. I think that kind of just is he, 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 his performance level today dropped off because of that. I don't think he could do what he wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? So kind of you know, maybe early on getting booked was a, a bit of a kind of noose around his neck. Um, but I was pretty, I was pretty pleased with the team. I'd like to have seen Bale start, but the fact that he's, you know, hindsight. I don't. I've done this twice now, so I don't normally work in hindsight. But in hindsight, he's come on, he scored the winner, hasn't he? So that was a really good decision. Um, I think it was expected to see Dyer, Toby at the back. It's a difficult one, isn't it, Rick? You always say about a centre back pairing, but I, I have to say, I think, I think these two are probably the best centre back pairing that we've got at the club at the minute. Um, until we see a bit of. Um, a bit of Joe. We haven't seen Joe at all yet, so we don't know what he's like. And Tanganga's obviously still not fit. At the moment, I, I think Sanchez has had a couple of uh, performances where you just can't drop off with Jose. We, we, you know, Chris made the point in um, after the Antwerp uh, um, game, you know, and we talked about the whole fear thing, didn't we? We just You just can't drop off with Jose. Man, you just can't do it. Your levels have to be that high. As soon as your level drops off, you get dropped. Vinicius and Deli Alli and Stephen Bergwijn and you know, all the players that you read out didn't even make the squad. That's because their, their, their performances in Jose's mind dropped off against Antwerp, so they didn't even make the squad. At the moment, I do feel, you know, in terms of picking an 11, I know Mourinho, after that game at Antwerp, was very, very frustrated in terms of the 11 he put out there. But, you know, he has got some real genuine squad depth there. And we're not going to come on again to discuss the players left out because it does feel like a continual conversation week upon week. And to be fair... Nothing's really changed at the moment. You know, Delhi's out of the team, as we know. Stephen Bergvine, um, Davinson Sanchez. You know, we'll be going over old news if we keep them covering the players being left out. So, Rich, let's discuss Spurs having a penalty after VAR ruled a foul on Kane in the area. And I know many felt at the time, you know, again, outside of Spurs fans, that that was a tough one for Brighton to take. What was your initial thoughts of it, Rich? For you, was it a 
definite penalty? No, it it looked at, it looked outside the box, and even on review, it looked he was sort of partly in, partly out. The part that got fouled wasn't in the box, but he seemed to be arched in. Without VAR, that's that's not given. That that's that's a free kick on the edge of the box. And like I tweeted earlier, what you have to do is when you get a VAR decision for yourself. You have to say, how would I feel if that was given against us? And if you feel aggrieved, angry, then then it's not right. It is. It's just. It's just not right. And it just continues to be a blight and a nonsense on the game. It, it's it's rubbish. We run over some stats last time I was on with how many decisions refs get right without VAR. And it was it was incredible. It was like ninety eight percent or something. It was like medical grade equipment failure rates. It was it is phenomenal. And um, that, no, it was just it, it's not a penalty. It's just simply not a penalty in the spirit of the game. But of course, there was the, the, the level up with, with with their goal. So it's uh, yeah, it's just it, it's a, it's a it's a nonsense. It really is. It was clever from Kane. You see him have a little look, and he he backed into him. And uh, and he's won it, and it's it's what you've got to do. Like this is why I don't ever give Mo Salah any stick. To be honest, he does the same, and I see Spurs fans go running off like, oh, he's at it again. And uh, but you know we have our fair share of players that do it. That that clever play, as it's known in my part of the world where I live, and um, it, it you know that, that that's what you have to do. It's what Lamella does. It's what Kane does. It gives you that little edge. It gives you that little advantage. If a ref buys it, he buys it. It's as, it's as simple as that. Because there's no point being the only team that's like all jolly hockey sticks and Queensbury rules and not doing it. Because the circus has come to town. So you might as well put the clown suit on and join in. Because you, you ain't going to win nothing if you don't. It's as sim- simple as that. So <laughs> it weren't a pen. But hey, you take it all day long, don't you? You do indeed. Chris, I want, to get, I want to get your thoughts on that, Chris, because um, VAR deemed it to be Lallana with a clumsy foul on Kane inside the box. Kane, to be fair, sent Sanchez the wrong way, going to the goalkeeper's left. Chris, for you, was there doubts in your mind that was a penalty? What was your thoughts on it? I'm just trying to get my head around all Richard's comments. <laughs> um, no, I think Harry Kane, um, you know, we've seen his goal-scoring ability. We've, we've seen how many assists that he's got this season. Uh, we've seen his defending at Burnley on Monday night, you know, off the line. And today, I think that um, all, his all-round game has really, really improved under Jose Mourinho. You know, we saw how Jose Mourinho was was talking to the Tottenham team, you know, during the Amazon documentary. And I think this season so far, Harry Kane is winning so many free kicks, so many um, fouls for Tottenham, which is absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I completely agree with what Richard said. It was, uh, you know, if it was... Um, against us, you know, we'd be moaning like hell. So um, I don't think it was a penalty, but of course you welcome it when it's given for you. Um, of course, he uh, scored a great penalty, he always scores them, you know, always confident, um, you know, of him putting it in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, Harry Kane's all-round game, I think, has really, really improved this season. I mean, we are going to come on to a lot more refereeing controversy. As you know, there was so much during this game, but, you know, Spurs did take the lead. VR official John Moss overruling referee Graham Scott, who initially awarded a free kick. Harry Kane then, you know, coming around to you, Lee, earned himself the penalty in 15 minutes, put it away. That puts him into the top 10 highest Premier League goal scorers of all time with 149 goals 
in joint tenth now with Les Ferdinand with 199 in total for Tottenham. And he also hit the post from a yard out from a tight angle from a corner. What did you make of Kane's overall performance, Lee? Everybody already knows how amazing he is, world class, and we say it every week and whatever. All I would say is this guy will break every single record, in my opinion, that, that there is in the Premier League for an individual uh, striker. You know, most guy, I think he'll, I think he'll take Shearer's um, record, which is, which is, by the way, absolutely incredible. I was looking at the top 10 the other day, so I was thinking, right, Kane, where can Kane get to on that list this season? Maybe he can get to top five, maybe top four, maybe maybe get above Robbie Fowler. Do you know what I mean? Depends on how the season works out. But, I mean, for, for Wayne Rooney to be second on 208, I think it was, is from memory, sorry, and then Shearer to have 260, Pretty amazing, isn't it? How how good Shearer was, but I do think the best way I can compliment Kane is by saying I think he'll break all their records. That's that's what I think he'll do. Um, absolutely fantastic. Um, and and again, it was a it was it was reminiscent really of the whole team's performance, like a more of a workman like performance, if I can say that. And they just worked hard. I felt. You know, to 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 uh, to, to make some of my uh, negative followers happy, I thought that we were sloppy and slow in parts of this game, and I felt that for the first twenty minutes or so, um, we were pretty good. Um, the tempo was quite good, but then we did drop off, and I think that was the issue. In the second half, we started okay, but then we dropped off again. Um, and 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 Lamptey, I thought, I, I don't know why Chelsea have let him go. Um, because he looks fantastic, doesn't he? He's got pace to burn down that right, and so he's almost converting himself from a, 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 a right uh, fullback almost as a midfielder. Um, and he was causing Son to go backwards, and that that was that was I was quite impressed with his play actually. And obviously he went and got the goal as well. I'm sure we'll come on to it, but you know I think that we were sloppy and we were slow and we wasn't pressing high in their faces. There was sometimes. Kane would go and then and then maybe Lamella wouldn't or Son and Kane would go and Lamella wouldn't or Lamella would go and Son wouldn't and therefore everyone's got to go haven't they if 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 I if I can read the game you know from where I'm from where I watch it in, in the high press and the press you know the, that high intensity press everyone's got to go I don't think we were doing that well enough today um but I think it was a workmanlike performance from Kane like you say he hit the post uh, could have made 150. Tucked away his penalty, beautiful as he as he typically does, um, and it, a clever play. And and I have to say, I thought the game management in the last eight minutes of this game was absolutely outstanding. It was probably the best game management I've seen from a Tottenham side um, in, in that position. You know, not the panicking that we did against West Ham. It was very, I was very impressed, and that's why I'm buzzing about it because not, not only did we get the three points and a hard fought victory, we we did it in the manner that that you would have seen a Chelsea, dare I say, or a, a typical Jose team get over the line. And that's so many times have let us down, isn't it, Rick, in the past? Very similar, I would say, to his Inter Milan team, that once they went ahead, they kept hold of the game and they saw it out. And to be fair, listen, we've had our, obviously, upsets this season in terms of the way uh, we didn't see the games out against West Ham and, you know, elements of other games where we should have really got over the line. But maybe there's a sign now that lessons are being learnt. They're slowly starting to learn. Crackers coming around to you. Kane now been directly involved in 14 goals, six goals, eight assists, only after seven league games this season. The most of any player in Europe's top five divisions. A real statement being made by him. But Rich, the way we finished that half, we saw a VAR check for a penalty for Brighton. And at that time, it looked like Spurs got away with one as it wasn't given. There was absolute amazement 
on the Brighton bench that the VAR didn't award a penalty against Doherty. He did appear to have his hands all over Trossard, but was there a concern, Rich, going into half-time for you that we just took our foot off the gas and we didn't push on after going one ahead? Yeah, there was that drop-off of, of energy after the goal. We just we seemed to sit back a little bit. But then, added to that, we dropped off, but they they managed us well. So we couldn't get that energy going. We couldn't get that Son and Kane partnership marauding forward. Just the way they set up, they, they spoiled that. They, they, they stopped that, and quite rightly... I mean, they you know, didn't, without offering anything up themselves, they knew if they stopped that, they stopped us. So not it wasn't just us dropping off, which is what it appeared to be and what everybody was moaning about. You have to take your hat off to our Brighton, set their stall out and set up their tactics and stopped Kane and Son doing what they, they normally do. And, and then, you know, getting on the break and getting on, on, on top a little bit, but but we managed that as well. You know, there was not really that many threats on goal from them, to be honest. So uh, no, fair play to them. Like we go back to the start of the show. There's no easy games because teams are clever in the Premier League. Teams are good. They do what they do well. Some do attacking well. Some do spoiling well. And you just have to cut your cloth accordingly um, to to whoever you're playing. But to uh, just to finish uh, my, my section on Kane, uh, to get into the top 10, which is absolutely phenomenal because, as we all know, he's done it in one season with just tappings and penalties. <laughs> so to get into the top 10 goal scorers of all time, just, just off the back of a one-season wonder, incredible. Incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. I'm glad someone's got to say and- it. Rick, Rick, just quickly on that, you know that stat you just read out about mm. 14 goal involvements yep. uh, from Kane this season? That's actually a league record. So yeah, that, no. is the, that is the highest in the Premier League's history. Well, There's I'm, another little record well, that he's I'm, already I'm broken. I'm glad then people say, you know, what else can you say about Kane? At least we can say that about yeah. Kane because it does... I know, I know. It's with amazing, a player, isn't it? With a player of his ability, you know, you, you, you do run out of superlatives for him. He's quite incredible. Chris, you know, going into half-time, I know, like I said, we do want to reflect on a real positive result in general, but was there an element of concern for you? Because Brighton, I thought they responded ever so well to going behind... And, you know, there was a bit of a lack of cutting edge from Tottenham after going one-up. We seemed to just take our foot off the gas. And it felt, going into half-time, we need a Mourinho bollock in here. We really, really do go into that second half. Was there an element of concern from you, Chris, the way we dropped off in that first half? Not really. I think Richard uh, is completely right in the fact that, you know, Brighton are a very difficult team to break down. We were 1-0 up at the time. And uh, today was about getting the three points. If you remember, on Thursday night, you know, we lost a game for the first time in a very long time. And, um, you know, it was about a reaction. Jose Mourinho wanted a reaction. It was about, um, you know, other players coming in on Don Ballet and Dyer, you know, were back in the team today. And, um, you know, I wasn't concerned at any point of the game. I, I was always confident that we were going to get the three points. I went on to Twitter at halftime and saw all the comments and, and saw, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of people felt that we didn't, you know, press for that second goal. But I think Brighton, you know, made it very, very difficult for us. And they are, they're a decent team. And, um, you know, that, that's what's so pleasing about grinding today's result out. 
Now, before we go into a break, let's fit in some more listener statements. This is from Jordan Smith at JordanSmith93, who says, Huge three points. So important with the run of games we have coming our way. Not the prettiest of performances, but we got the result we needed. Still think we are lacking that creativity in the final third and not using enough width in our game. We score when we go wide. Gulam Afsal says, why are the media and pundits so biased against us? When City or Liverpool don't play well and grind out results, they're praised for having a winning mentality. Yet when we do it, especially under Jose, it's either labelled as parking the bus or being lucky. We never get the credit. Padre J says, long season. It's not always going to be pretty. These kind of results build character and confidence. Keep building on these results. The team will only get better coys. Ethy at Archie Ethan says, I was frustrated with the way we have played the past two games, but this is a Jose game plan and we are seeing a different mindset from players on the pitch. Buzzing for the Bale game winner, but curious about our recent game plans. Come on, you Spurs. Chisholm Mizzou says, awesome win. Brighton really played well and may feel a little hard done by. Kane showing great intelligence for the penalty. That lovely crossfield pass that Regulon from Alderweireld. Great time-wasting techniques. Really, really great result. And lastly, come on you Spurs. Zach at Zach8608 says, what a great goal from Bow. Refreshing to see a team grind out the result. Only complaint is why VAR didn't exist if the referee is too cowardly to admit his mistakes. Well, we are going to go for a very quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about Hoybier's heroics, looking ahead to Ludogorets to come in Thursday in the Europa League. And as mentioned at the start of this show, a very, very big announcement coming your way. Do not go anywhere. We are back after this break in the show. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Joined by a vibrant panel here, I've got the wonderful Richard Cracknell, I've got Lee McQueen and Chris Cowling in the house as we reflect on instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur second. Second in the Premier League. We'll be discussing, are we in a title race? Bale's match winner, Ludogorets to come. But what I do want to focus on, Chris, coming around to you is refereeing controversy with Pierre-Emir Hoybier. Now, we saw a VAR check, um, a very, very strange situation, if we're being honest here, because Hoybier at one point, Chris, you know, looked to have been hacked down. And I use that term hack because that's exactly what it was. And amazingly, we see the referee, uh, Graham Scott, incredibly award the goal, despite a lengthy pitch-side monitor review of March's challenge on Hoybier. I mean, it looked like a stonewall foul and a booking to boot. And I think this is the first time in Premier League history so far that a referee is stuck with his original decision despite going and reviewing it on the pitch side monitor. I mean, what did you make of it, Chris, watching it? It was quite incredible, I thought. Well, I was very pleased when the referee went over to look at the uh, yeah. the video because, you know, as you've just said, it's the first ever time um, that the decision hasn't been changed. But... Um, it looked like an awful foul, but I think what the referee was looking at, you know, he'd looked at it from every single angle 
um, and then gave that decision, which I was absolutely baffled about. But he's obviously seen um, the very, very slight touch. But the more you watch it and, you know, when you see it in slow-mo, the, the tackle just looks absolutely awful. And you just think that, you know, VAR is just ruining the game. It really is because the amount of decisions that we have seen now um, where it's ruining games. And, you know, VAR was originally brought in for clear and obvious decisions and, you know, when you look at some of the VAR decisions, some of the goals and some of the goals disallowed, etc., they're absolutely awful. And I, I think that they really, really do need to look at this, uh, you know, in greater detail and, and just change the way things are being done. But, um, you know, when the referee goes over to that screen and has a look at that incident, you know, he's looked at it from every single angle. So I'm baffled by it. Then how, Chris, does he come to the verdict that that is not a foul? That's what I can't quite believe he's... Do you know what makes me laugh in this situation that obviously he's been tipped off by the assistant. You need to go and have a look at this because, you know, it's a case you need to go and review it again. But a token fact he's been tipped off to go and see it and he's still stuck with that original decision. That's for me what I can't quite understand because he's been told to go and see it for a reason. When, when you saw the replay, the referee was right in front of it. The referee was in the perfect position. He couldn't have been in any that, better that's, position. That's why he didn't overturn it. It has to be because it is so obvious that he saw that incident in real time by them. How, how could he? He's almost admitting that he totally saw it and got it wrong the first time around. Now, if he didn't see the decision and VAR says, actually, I'm going to help you here, buddy, because, you know, you, you need my help, pal, didn't you? And, and actually, you know, he reverses. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. But he blatantly saw the decision. Like, he blatantly saw the foul, didn't he, in real time. Are you with me? So therefore, he must have been thinking and he said, if I overturn this, I'm going to look completely like an idiot. So you think he's done it to save his skin? You think he's stuck by that decision to save his skin because he's seen it? Do you know what, Rick? I I do. And and, and I'm going to say something that's a little bit controversial. You're all going to cane me for this and and the listeners will as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I think if that guy... For football, forget VAR, VAR for one minute, right? In the history of football and the game that we love and that we get so passionate about and build shows out of, that is a normal incident where we would be arguing in pubs if if he wasn't in COVID or whatever, all over the country and all over you know any country, wherever you're listening to this. And 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 the fact of the matter is, is the referee deemed it in his mind that it wasn't a foul, and then he looked at it on the screen and he still thought it wasn't a foul. So. you know it's subjective and that's where VAR for me isn't it's not it's not like is it over line is it over is it over line is it not over line you know it's that's that's a yes or no answer this isn't it's subjective and if he thinks in his head that it's a it's not a foul then that's what we've been playing with referees for what for you know uh, Crack has just said, you know, 98% of decisions referees get right. It's medical, uh, normal medical science. This might have been one that they get wrong, but the reality is he thought he was right. So we're, we're arguing over subjective decisions. Does that make sense? I know, I know it sounds a bit stupid no, it, because it does, it does. it's our team, but in, 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 the, in sorry, sorry, Rick, but in the same breath, if that had gone the other way for us, like, yeah. like Crack has just said earlier with the cane thing, if that was the other way around, mm. how would we be, re- what we'd be saying? We'd be saying, yeah, he, he, he got the ball, he got the ball, it weren't a foul. So I just think that's a normal refereeing decision that we've had for the last, whatever, 130 years in football. And, you know, you just move on. 
Um, I think that uh, I think the defending for the goal. That's probably where we should be yeah. focusing no, on. To be fair, because that was a bit shocking. We are going to come to defending in just a second, but Rich, just want to come round to you because you know, for me personally, I don't really like criticising referees too much because I understand and sympathise that it's such a difficult job to do now. You know, by the nature of just how quick the pace is in the Premier League. But, you know, my concern is just like the arrogance there from the official. You know, he has the chance to go and look at the incident again and admit that he's got it wrong. But instead, he almost like doubles down on the incident. You know, VAR in this instance, it isn't to blame. For me, it's the kind of pig-headed officiating that allows that goal to still stand. I, I honestly, Graham, Graham Scott, we'd have been better off with Barry Scott, the idiot that used to <laughs> advertise Silic Bang, wouldn't we? It was just, it was appalling. Oh, brilliant. It's brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> appalling. And like Lee said, if we didn't have VAR and he saw it in real time, didn't didn't give it, let it go, thinks there's a touch on the ball and they score, then fair play. No, no problem at all with that. No problem whatsoever. But the fact that he's actually got VAR to go and check and go and have a look. And how long did he take? I mean, honestly, it was it was like it was like trying to watch Gone with the Wind, wasn't it? He was like, what are you going to do? Pull up an armchair and get some popcorn out? He looked at it for ages and ages and ages. And I think he's just stood there thinking to himself, oh, do you know what? I've really messed up here. I've missed one here. And, like, what am I going to do? I don't think he was looking. I think he was worrying about what he was going to do and how he was going to look. And I think he's just come to the decision. He's thought to himself, well, there's no real comeback for me. When when you make bad mistakes like this, refs get dipped a game or something. They get, like, carted off, done, something like Birmingham or something for a game. And then they're, and then they're back. So nothing really much happens to them. So... He's thought to himself, oh, well, you know, there's no real comeback here for me. I might as well, as you say, double down, go with that decision and uh, and, and and let it stand. It was just, it was awful. It was like, this is where VAR comes in and you've got a second chance, but not one of them seems to have that humility to be able to go, yeah, do you know what? I've made a mistake there and I'm going to overturn my initial ruling. They're just they're egotistical maniacs. Like they, they get a lot of decisions right by themselves, but this VAR is making them look even more like it. So uh, no, he's had a he's had a what um, what Martin Yole once said a poxy day at the office, and uh, it was he was terrible, absolutely terrible decision. Graham Potter actually said after the game that when I saw the VAR decision live, I wasn't sure about Harry Kane's one. With our own one, it seemed quite similar to Lamptey's one against Palace. I thought it might have been a foul in the build-up to our goal. Jose Mourinho said after the game, these are the decisions that I think they should explain in reference to the officials and not leave us in front of you, referring to the journalists, explaining things that we don't find explanations to ourselves. I see Scott as a good referee. He went to the screen. He saw what we saw on the bench. And that pretty much was it, what he wanted to say on that point. Now, in the build-up, Lee, you mentioned their defending-wise. Lloris was beaten by Lamptey's low finish. You know, clinical finish it was into his bottom left-hand corner. But again, you know, defensively, you have to have some reservations about Spurs. Doherty himself might have felt fortunate to have not given away a penalty of his own. But again, Lee, are you concerned about our element of defending? You know, you're very excited about the league here and what we can achieve. But I'm telling you something here. If our defending does not improve... We're not going to be successful this season. That's just me being brutally honest. We're not. Like Chris said earlier, there's definitely improvements to be made. And I think that the defence is one of them. I think that we look 
the team of uh, the players, the individuals, the collective that we have uh, and the squad that we've assembled um, at Tottenham, Jose's put together with Daniel Eve and the fine work they've done in the summer, it does suit itself to go in front foot football. So therefore, when we're not going on the front foot and we're kind of, uh, you know, sitting back and dropping a little bit deeper and, and kind of, I don't know, you know, call it low blocking or whatever the bloody term is, it, it, it does make us feel a little bit more kind of uncomfortable. Um, and there's, because we, I suppose we know that in the past we've had some silly mistakes, I, I think, but the only way that we're going to get confidence on that, the only way that we're going to get better at that is, you know, to try and eradicate that. And there was, there wasn't any silly mistakes today. You know, the defending could have been better today for the goal, but it's not as if somebody fell over or, do you know what I mean, like gave a stupid foul away and and, and that sort of stuff, really. Um, it, it, it was the opposite, as we've just discussed, because uh, Hoiberg got uh, got fouled. So I think it was a good finish by, by Lamptey. I think he was their best player by far in terms of uh, in terms of Brighton. Uh, the lad looks uh, fantastic. Um, and, uh, and and look, we, we, we should have dealt with that a little bit better, but ultimately... Um, you know, we've got a, we've got a, it's a difficult one, Rick, because I was just about to say, we've got to stop conceding goals. And that's obviously, that's, you know, that's obvious point. But if we stop, you know, if we, if we, if we do a shutout and have a shutout at the back, do we, you know, can't we, do we risk not going forward? So I think, you know, there is a fine balance and it's fine margins. Like we always say, I just think that, you know, tonight we won two one. So the goal that we let in didn't affect us too much, but, we, you know, I thought Toby was played pretty well tonight, and I think that he, he, there was times that you could see that he wanted to defend and not concede, and and that that pleases me. But yeah, there's definitely improvements, there's no doubt. I think there was a concern that Spurs, to be fair, had been second best since Kane's goal, and that goal really had been coming from Brighton. You have to say, you know, their form, you know, that, that time had been imploding, but you know that unfavorable VAR call. This is all about how Spurs would mentally cope with that. Because we saw again last season that when decisions go against us, how we cope with that. We saw Lamella come around to you, Rich, have an effort, a superb effort from a range that hit the post. We then see Bale come on and Lee create a goal in a matter of seconds, flicking on a corner into Kane, who hit the back post from inches out, still waiting at that point for his 150 Premier League goal and Spurs' 200th. There was genuine momentum, wasn't there, Crackers? You know, with Lamella, then Bale, that Spurs were slowly starting to create goals up until, obviously, Bale's moment. Yeah, and that's I think that's the difference between being one of the top teams and being one of the teams uh, with respect to, to Brighton is that you go and turn the screw and you get it done, even if it is at the end, but you do get you do get the job done, and that's 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 the difference. It's those goals from 88, 86, 88 minutes up to 93, 94 minutes. And if you've got the quality in the side, you keep calm, you keep composure and you nick it. You nick it at the end and it doesn't matter. It's it's the three points, how you do it. And it, it's it's job it's job done. I think Mourinho's trying to uh, establish a new culture at Spurs whereby playing this wonderful swashbuckling football for 90 minutes has won us nothing, absolutely nothing, really. Um, it won us a double in 61. We were a great side to watch. We were a great side to watch in the early to mid-80s. Um, and then since then, nothing. You know, we're trying to play pretty football and it just it just doesn't put trophies on on, on the on the 
countertop, you know, I don't put them in, in the cabinet. So, see, it's been that long since we won one, I forgot what you put a trophy in. I was, <laughs> but it does, we just, we just don't, it just doesn't cut the mustard. So I think he's trying to create a new culture of just get the job done, however you do. And if you get it done late, when you bring on players like Bell, that's what players like Bell do. They come on and they win your games. That little bit of quality, that little bit of something um, that gets that gets you over the line and get and gets it done. So um, yeah, look, it's not it's not to everybody's taste, is it? That that's the, that's the thing. Maybe grinding out results, but they're results. You get we're getting results and like. I don't know, we've had 20, 30, however many years with no trophies, and all right, I'll, I'll go with it. I was brought up on watching Oddle and watching Aussie Ardiles, and I love that. I love watching Ginola. I love watching them players that get you up off your seat. And we have and we have still got some players that can do that. But if we have to spend a lump of this season doing what we've done tonight, then so be it, because if we get that big shiny trophy at the end of the season, then all these grind-out games will be a long, distant memory when you're not down the pub uh, getting drunk celebrating. <laughs> if we're allowed to be. This is the thing that you said at the start of the show, that we're going to win the bloody league and we won't be there to celebrate it. Exactly. It'd be yeah, so Tottenham, yeah. wouldn't it? Exactly. We'll be so, so Tottenham. <laughs> Couldn't make it up. Lee, let's talk about that moment then. The Welshman scoring his first goal of his second spell for Tottenham, Gareth Bale. Not in home from 10 yards after his cross from his former Real Madrid teammate, Sergio Regulon. Big sub from Jose Mourinho. Big moment for Bale and big moment for Tottenham. This could be in our season, Lee. What did you make of it? Absolutely fantastic. And uh, Reggie, as, as he's uh, known in the dressing room, by all accounts, uh, bombing down the left-hand side, left-footed. He puts a wonderful ball in with his right foot. Um, so uh, and, I, and I think Gareth even uh, dug him out at the end of the game, didn't he? And sort of said, "Yeah, that was a fantastic ball, uh, but with with his right foot." Um, and I'm not going to lie, I was going to write on the WhatsApp. Uh, I think there was a ball that he defended um, uh, earlier in the game, and he should have gone with it with his right foot, and he didn't. He hooked it with his left foot, like kind of really awkwardly. And I was going to put it in the WhatsApp, man, has this guy got a right foot? Well, lucky I didn't. Uh, to be fair, because he proved me wrong. Um, and it was a wonderful ball in and an absolute, I think Crackers nailed it earlier, you know, what a perfect pinpoint Gareth Bale type header that was. I mean, he knew as soon as, and the movement actually, um, he, he lost his man, didn't he? He kind of just come backwards on it and just nodded it in the goal. Fantastic. And to see him moving away, two arms outstretched, Gareth Bale scoring for Tottenham Hotspur for the, what, the first time since whenever it was, May 2013, from memory, was it against Sunderland, I think, when he bent one in the top left-hand corner, uh, coming in from the right. Uh, absolutely wonderful moment. Gave Gav a bit of stick, like I, uh, like, I, like I said earlier, and I gave everyone a bit of stick on Antwerp. Um, so I thought their energy levels were really low. But you could see, in part, actually in his defending, you could see that he was getting a bit more match fitness back. And I think, you know, it's fair play to Jose for not starting him and giving him the 20 minutes. And, and look, like Cracker said, this is why we go go mad for transfers, isn't it? This is why we go mad for transfers. So we have game changers and winners. And that is what we've got. We've got a game changer in him. He's come off the bench, scored the winner. I mean, what else do you want? Absolutely brilliant. Chris, coming around to you, it was a great, great finish. But I've got to say also, in the build-up to that goal, brilliant ping from Toby Adeviraeld. 
Regulon brings it down, and we make the point, right-footed cross, so smartly headed on by Gareth Bale. His first goal for Spurs since May 2013, which was his last one against Sunderland. Chris, how delightful was that to see that go in? Wasn't it a great moment? Absolutely brilliant. I tell you what, if you give players like Gareth Bale the service, like Regulon did, they're always going to finish. And uh, yeah, as Lee just said, we've waited seven years to see Gareth Bale score at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm just gutted I wasn't there to see it because even Gareth Bale said after the game that, you know, if the fans were in there, you know, he, he didn't know what he would have done. Um, you know, an amazing feeling for him. Um, you know, great three points for us. But, you know, that is what it's all about, having game changes on the bench. And I think even under Pochettino, that's what we were really lacking. When we needed that goal, when we were chasing the game, we needed, uh, you know, to get that winner, you know, 80, 85 minutes, you know, to bring a sub on. And then we always struggled, you know, we always struggled for op options. And when you think that you can have a Gareth, a Gareth Bale coming off the bench and, you know, having that option is just absolutely fantastic for Spurs. And, you know, I'm just hugely excited about him getting that little bit more fitter because a fit Gareth Bale on, on the, you know, in the starting 11 will just be absolutely brilliant for us. Crackers, coming back round to you, we saw Jose Mourinho after the game say that when I have five minutes, I'm going to go onto Safari to look at Madrid's website to see what they say about that. A little dig there, the Spanish and what they're like and Real Madrid. What, what do you think they make of Gareth's move to Tottenham and the way, like I say, he's settled in so far? I mean, do you think that goal... In a way, does that alleviate some pressure to get that goal at the time it has done? Because I think some people may have felt, you know, the last two or three games, he's not maybe looked up to the pace. Listen, we know what he's capable of as, as Tottenham fans. We still adore him. We still love him. We always will believe the goals are going to come. Does that alleviate some pressure, Rich? Oh, it must. It must do, yeah. To come on and then three minutes in to you, like, to, in, in the Premier League and then to do that, it's just, of, of course it will. But he knows he's got it in his locker. He knows he was woefully misused at Madrid, not loved at Madrid. I don't know why. He's just, that, that's just Madristas for you. They're, they're, they're a funny lot. Unless, you know, unless it's absolutely going 100% the plan. You think we're bad, you go and, you go and re meet Real Madrid fans. Man alive. I mean, you know, if they ain't winning 7-0 every week and playing games of football that look like some whiz kid on FIFA, forget it. They, they, they've got the ump. They, they've never... They've That's never what the Spurs Twitter was like tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's just constant uh... Madrid Twitter. They're, 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 honestly, they never, never took to him. But I think he's come back. He's feeling the love. He's got fitness issues, which he's gradually, gradually picking up. And again, the Premier League, it's like no league in the world. You know, there's fitness and then there's Premier League fitness. So, I mean, he'll, he'll pick that back up and he won't be coming off the bench much longer once he gets back. He'll be a regular starter. And once he gets his eye in, then bang, he, he's away. There's so much experience, so much talent now. He's yeah, uh, it's good. It's going to have settled him absolutely one one hundred percent. But um, just to uh, just to go back to the point on a regular, and you know that how my dad loves to anglicise everybody's name, and we had uh, Pochettino as Cappuccino, and uh, then we had Stephen Bodgwins, not Bergvine. Um, I'm just waiting for my dad to phone me tomorrow. And tell me how much he likes that Spanish lad regular down the wing. He'll be regular. He won't be regular. He'll be regular or regular or, or, or ragu sauce or something. But he'll, he'll anglicise him. He'll, I'll, I'll update you on what he calls Please him. Do. But 
the, the early betting is he'll be regular. That, that, that's his new name. That's where my money's going. My money's going on regular good, as well. Good old regular. With, with, uh, crack stuff. Provided the service for Stephen Bodkins. What more can you ask for? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Super fantastic. Mourinho did actually say on bow that he doesn't have 90 minutes in his legs yet. We are using the Europa League to get him more minutes. And when we can, the Premier League, he's of course getting better and better. And he actually admitted he will start on Thursday, but will not play the full 90 minutes. I'll use him in the right way. So there you go. Jose Mourinho confirming Gareth Bale will be starting for Tottenham Hotspur in the Europa League against Ludogorets. That's going to be on Thursday. Just a point actually on Toby Adeviroald, coming around to you, Chris. Brilliant. A lovely trademark oh, diagonal ball out to Regan to set it up. And to be fair, I know Chris have had our reservations over Spurs' defence, you know, a lot this season. But it does feel out of viral that, you know, did anything asked of him defensively? Quite a solid display, wasn't it, from Toby? Yeah, I've always said, Rick, that I think he's our best central defender at the club right now. Um, it's just who you're going to play him with. Um, you know, it always looks like uh, whenever Eric Dyer is fit, then he's always going to be playing next to him. Um, but yeah, always been impressed with Toby Alderweireld. Um, you know, he plays some wonderful diagonal balls, some, plays some wonderful balls out. You know, plays some uh, some balls out like you'd think he's a midfielder. You know, I'm very, very impressed with him in that way. And Lee, coming around to you, Eric Dyer, again, another player that's been heavily criticised this season um, on Spurs Twitter, Spurs social media. But again, I think he done anything that was asked of him, mopped up at the back, particularly in the air. Good, solid performance from Eric Dyer. Exactly what he needed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, like we said earlier, it's, it's a shame, isn't it, that we didn't keep a clean sheet um, for, for the defence. But like, I, I agree with you. I think he mopped up everything pretty well. And, and, and I do think, like, you know, I know you we talked about this last time, but the, 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 the centre-back pairings for the Premier League Look, I do think that it does sometimes depend on the you know the opposition, but it does feel to me that the the people that we've got at the club at the moment, because we haven't seen Joe yet, and um, you know Tangang's been injured, you probably go with your best pairing, which is these two that played today, and I think Dyer did everything was asked of him, as you say. Now I've discussed Sergio Regulon, who, to be fair to him, saw an early shot pushed over by the keeper, but picked up a yellow card in the first half, which kept him on the edge. However, he did show, to be honest, what I've got to say with Regulon. Discipline and flight in a perfect cross for Gareth Bale to head home the winner. In you know, great, great scenes. But another player, Rich, coming around to you, that always gets a lot of brunt of criticism is Musa Sissoko. But do you know what? Plenty of endeavour, albeit, let's be honest, with some iffy passing throughout that game. But, you know, we needed to. He did help Spurs build the momentum. And he made some really important interceptions throughout this game. Do you think, in a way, is he the unsung hero of this squad, Rich? Because obviously Hoybier is getting a lot of praise, and rightly so. But I think Sissoko alongside him, that's quite a solid pair in there becoming, aren't they? Yeah, they are, they are Hoiberg and Sissoko. They're like they're like the Spurs dustmen, isn't they? They do all the dirty work. <laughs> they just do all the picking up, and they just like they break stuff up. And then they just they just give it to the showboaters, didn't they? But you've got to have them in your side, you know. You got your they're the feet of the swan, isn't they? They, they? There they are, banging away under the wall. You don't see it, and all you see is the graceful top of like Bow and Son and Kane. But you have to have those that that sort of pairing in there. And Sissoko, I love because he's he's the bad guy come good, isn't he? He went through that spell with us when like we bought him for 30 million quid and all the Newcastle fans were like laughing and saying like, oh yeah, you know, off the back of one good World Cup that he had and he's rubbish and I thought, I'll give him a chance and 
you saw him and he wasn't great. And you think to yourself, oh, what have we bought here? I think the Newcastle fans were right. But again, he was another one who was getting absolute pelters. And he must have seen this on social media. Some of the things that was being said to him, you know, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even tweet Tony Adams and Paul Merson some of the stuff that was being tweeted to him. And this is from his supposed own fans. But he, he turned it round and he was brilliant for us. Absolutely brilliant. Um, that, se- that season under Poch, when he turned it round and he carried us, he carried us a load. And he's, he's I mean, he's dropped off a little bit from, from them levels. Yeah. But today he was excellent. And he's come good. He has come good. And sure. I think Rich, he does. Marine, next Mourinho really likes him, doesn't he, Rich? I think that's important yeah. about that. Mourinho really likes him. Yeah, he does. He does really like him. Him and Hoiberg, mm. excellent pairing now. And uh, to, I mean, to go back to this defensive issue, up top we, we seem to be sorted with Son and Kane. They've got that sort of Archibald Crooks telepathy and they're, they're very, very good. The, Hoiberg and Sissoko in the middle, they know what they do. We just need to get this settled back four. I think a back four has to be settled. It has to almost pick itself and they run. They're almost one body split into four so that they know what they're doing. As much as it pains me, and I've said it before, like that old Arsenal back four, you know, they just knew what they were doing. They, they stepped up, they dropped back. And if you keep chopping and changing that back four, you just don't get that continuity and that little bit of understanding. So he needs to find a back four and, and run with it. He needs to either shit or get off the pot. He's like, that, that's what that's Jose's one little fault at the moment. Yep. Is he just will not sit with a, with a settled back four. And if we get that right, mm. then I think we will in the league this year and next year. I love it. There you go. I think, I think, Rick, just just to fucking come in on that, what Cracker said, uh, you know, I'll get the little blue book out again, the old Tottenham book. Um, <clears throat> we haven't had a settled, a settled back four since we challenged Chelsea's 16-17 uh, season uh, when we had the best defensive record in the Premier League. And it's really interesting because I, I used to bang on about this all of the time on the shows and we used to debate this. And, you know, you, you don't know who you're going to play because... Potts used to rotate his fullbacks, didn't he, all the time. So he never had that kind of that, that settled back four that we're talking about. Um, and obviously when Yan, uh, Yan got injured, uh, so uh, Toby was in out of favour and then Sanchez coming in and had a really good season, um, the season after that 16-17 season. And then, and then he dropped off a bit and then Yan and Toby were playing again with each other, but the levels weren't as high. And we just haven't ever got an entire is he a centre-back, is he not a centre-back? And we just haven't had, like you've just said, for even before the Jose days. And I think, again, it's our key, it could be our Achilles heel. Um, you know, heavily, heavily linked with uh, Scrinoir. Um, I think I've probably murdered his name, so sorry about that. <laughs> but, no, but you know, right. it, I'm sure we'll be delighted with that. Like- uh, happy days, mate. I can't be. I can't be that too, too bad. I think it's only eight weeks, as uh, Jamie and Rick will tell you. It's only eight weeks until the transfer window opens. Believe it or not. So, so maybe there is something there. But we have Get got Joe and Joe. Joe. Yeah, Joe. Uh, Joe uh, Bowden hasn't hasn't kicked a ball for us in earnest yet. Like he's had a couple of minutes as a sub. So it, it is definitely. It is definitely. If we don't get that sorted, it, it, it could well be our. Achilles heel and hopefully it won't be but I, I, I agree with you 
uh, crackers and what you said about Sissoko. And people have got short memories, and that's why I got so frustrated at the beginning of the show because you know you got Tungon Dembélé now is you know he's a different player, playing brilliantly, playing really well. Went through absolute hell last year, you know, in terms of what he was doing. Sissoko very very similar when he first came, then he was winning player of the season. Um, you know, and, and, and like you say, carried us and, and so on and so forth. Um, and I just think that Hoiberg, you you, you, um, you touched on Hoiberg there. I mean, guy's guy's different level for me. I mean, yeah, he's had one bad game for us, which was the Everton game, and, and we lost that game one 0 Other than that, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And you know, probably up for you call Davis a six out of ten. I'll probably be saying that Hoiberg has been an eight out of ten every game other than the Everton game, or Antwerp, although he came on, but everyone was below a five on Antwerp. Thanks for throwing Davis in there, Lee, appreciate it. Chris, coming around to you, just want to have a quick word on, on Pierre Mihoibier. You know, he did show great anticipation, I think, to cut out various Brighton passes during that game. Looked to be fouls, we mentioned the build-up to Brighton's leveller, but the referee did not agree, despite VAR recommending he looked at it. But another confident performance... You know, a player that at the moment, Chris, when he went down during that game, I don't know what you boys thought. I'm sitting there thinking, our season's in the mouth at the moment. I, you know, I, I honestly felt I was so worried when he went down. That's how big this guy is for our season. Do you agree? Such a strong individual. I tell you what, real leadership quality. Uh, we saw him, um, you know, captain of Southampton. He's come to Tottenham. I think he's a real missing piece of the jigsaw that you know we haven't had for a very very long time and uh, I absolutely love him I think he's going to be a, uh, a future captain at Tottenham definitely I think he will walk through brick walls for um, whatever team he's playing for and uh, yeah I think he's a, a real leader on the pitch and I think he's just giving so much confidence to everybody playing around him and uh, yeah I'm a real fan of him I know you are too, Rich. I want to ask you about Pierre-Mir Hoybier because, again, I make that point. For me, when he goes down, we're all kind of at that moment really kind of clutching ourselves, thinking, are we going to be OK? Can we survive without him? Could you look at that squad, Rich? There's no one really at his level to come in and do the job he does, is there? No, no, he is. He's a very, very important key player. Um, I should think as the season progresses, teams will work that out. And they'll just stick somebody on him and they'll just try and negate what he does for the team. And, uh, yeah, he's one that we've got to keep wrapped in cotton wool, bubble wrap, whatever, and just hope and pray that he gets through the season. But he does seem to see that type of player that does ride a tackle where there's a lot of other players that will get a kick and, uh, you know, they're shying off or their body can't stand for it. He, he looks like a bit of an ox. He looks like he can take a kick and he looks like he play through one as well. So, uh, yeah, vitally, vitally important player for us. Um, what would help is if you can sort of add some goals into his game as well. Um, you can, if you can get a few out of him from a season, because it's those players in his type of position, if you can get a few goals out of them, they don't have to make a big, big difference to your season. I mean, there's no point looking at Sissoko. He's like a dog chasing a balloon when he has a shot, isn't he? You know, and that's just, <laughs> that's him. That's that's never going to change. So maybe Hoiberg, <laughs> if we can get five or six goals a season from him as well added, you know, even getting up near double figures, well, then you really have got a player. If if that, that sort of, that, that Dustman player, can also come in and nick you a few goals, 
they 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 win you a lot of points, uh, goals from those players. It's, it's a Wanyama type, whereby you know he, he popped out of a few goals, didn't he? He was a dustman as well when he was that type of role. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of dustmen in our time. We want to go back. Zakora, poor old Scotty Parker. We can go back and name some of these players. Um, I, I totally agree. We've got to say on Tsung Yun to be fair to him, picked up a yellow card within the first 10 minutes, which I, th- which I think for him hampered his ability to make challenges during that game. A couple of nice touches, but he did tire in that second half and could have done a bit more in getting back for Brighton's goal. Giovanni Lo Celso replaced him and cut a shot wide in the final minutes. Mourinho said on the Celso, he missed the end of last season and pre-season. He needs to get fitter. You could see when he played in the centre on Thursday, he needs fitness. He was then asked a question, can him and Tungi play together? He said yes, but they both need to be fitter for that to happen. So there you go, Jose Mourinho teasing us with the prospect of Tungi and Dombele and Giovanni Lo Celso playing together in the future. I think that's the kind of free that as Spurs fans... We want to see, don't we? I think that's in the three in the midfield we've said we want to see. Ndombele, Hoybier, and of course the Celso. We may have to wait a bit of time for that. Eric Lamella, to be fair to my lovely flick, which sent Spurs away in the build-up to the penalty incident and did cause problems with Brighton in that first half. Was perhaps unfortunate to come up before others with 20 minutes to go. Hoon Son was involved in the build-up for Spurs' first goal, but struggled to make an impact for much of that game was replaced late on. We are going to go for our final break of the show. Taking you into this break, we have got the wonderful Matodi Shumanov, the Bulgarian football writer, who will be providing us his preview ahead of the game against Ludogorets. And then after, we'll be coming back to provide you with our predictions. Do not go anywhere. We're back after our final break of this show. Let's start with the performance. Big win today. Yeah, massive win. Uh, puts us second in the league. We knew, knew uh, how much it meant before the game. Um, and it was tough. We knew it was going to be a battle, similar to Burnley. Uh, physical, tough team. Um, probably didn't play great in the first half, if I'm honest, but we, we got the one goal lead. Uh, a bit unlucky to concede the way we did, but that's the way football goal, uh, goes sometimes. But yeah, then to go again and, and for Gaz yeah. to get his goal was brilliant. So, uh, fantastic result. Yeah, I mean, how, how hard did we have to work for that win? Massively. Uh, and that's the Premier League. You know, every game is a tough game, home or away. Um, and it's them battles when you get through them, they feel that little bit sweeter. So, um, yeah, we've got to keep that togetherness. Uh, we've got tough games coming out West Brom away next week, it will be tough. So, um, yeah, we just got to keep doing what we're doing, sticking together, fighting for each other. Uh, and coming away with the three points. And you mentioned Gav. I mean, obviously, you want an impact, and a player like Gav coming off the bench. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about, isn't it? That. Yeah, of course, Gav. Like I said last week, everyone knows what he can do. He's been doing that at the highest level now for for many years. So, um, yeah, whenever he comes on the pitch, he, he wants to make an impact. He wants to score, get assists, work hard for the team, uh, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, delighted for him. I know he'd be buzzing. Uh, and it's an important goal for us to, to get the win. And you are now up to 149 Premier League goals, which moves you into the top 10 ever in the Premier League. And you're on 199 Spurs goals as well. So you've got you've got records coming, mate. Yeah, no, it's uh, like we always say, just keep them coming. Uh, when we when we cross them bridges, it's always nice, but we always look forward to the next one. So uh, plenty more, hopefully, left in me. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the most important thing is that we're winning games and uh, great grind out today. Brilliant stuff. What well done, mate? Cheers. Thank you. Jose, well done. Big win. You could tell from the reaction of the players on the final whistle that this win meant a lot, didn't it? it meant a lot. Uh, they felt on the pitch what we felt outside. Very difficult match. Very complicated match. Um, we had to react to the to the equalise, um, and we did it. And then after two posts and one goal and 15 minutes to play, we managed the, the 15 minutes 
in a good uh, in a good way. Uh, no more danger close to our goal. We kept them we kept them away. We gave some stability to the game. Stability that we we couldn't have for the 90 minutes. But for the last 15, we had that um, that stability and that and that control. And this is a Premier League. Every every point is is gold. Didn't we have to work hard for that win? Very hard, very hard. Uh, you know, uh, what can I say? Uh, people used to say, when you don't beat the teams from the second part of the table, when you don't beat them two or three nil, people used to say that the top team didn't play very well. People has to change the speech, has to change the analyze. These teams are very good. So every point in the Premier League is hard. And obviously Gareth will get the headlines, he's come off the bench, he scored the winning goal, but th that is what you want from players, that impact when they come off the bench, isn't it? That's what you're looking for. Of course, and Gareth for all the work he's, he's doing to improve, he deserves all the, all the credit. But, um, you know, Gio come and fought hard, Ben come and gave stability, and this is what we need from the players on the... On the bench, when the players they have a bad feeling to be on on the bench when they come, they are not able to contribute, and this league is so so hard that uh, we need um, we need everybody. So I'm happy. I'm happy with the points, and uh, let's go to Bulgaria to try to to put the Europa League in the right direction. Okay, Gareth, congratulations. I can't imagine what emotions went through your head when you scored that, that win, what turned out to be the winner. So, so you tell us. Yeah, no, I think um, a bit of relief, a bit of a lot of happiness. And uh, yeah, I think the obviously for, from an individual point of view, yeah, it was great, but even more satisfying to, to, to see the game out and it be the winning goal and, and to get the three points. I mean, you look at social media and this is just what this is what Spurs fans have, have been waiting for, this this moment. So <laughs> I can't say, I can't imagine what, how it feels for you. Yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible feeling personally. Um, obviously, you wish the fans are here to, to be able to celebrate. Um, I think if, if that was the case, then yeah, it would, it would have been... I can't, I can't even imagine the feeling. So, um, yeah, obviously we miss them, but... Uh, yeah, the most important thing is, is is I got the goal for the team and, uh, yeah, as I said, we saw the game out and got the three points. Yeah, I mean, look, we heard the reaction on the final whistle. I mean, this was a big, big win here today, wasn't it? Yeah, especially we haven't we haven't won a game at home this season so far. So, uh, yeah, it was massively important for us to, to get that confidence at home because the home form is going to be key this year. So, um, yeah, we're delighted with the win, but, uh, yeah, we know there's still a lot of hard work ahead of us. We're not going to get too carried away and, yeah. Let's just keep working hard together yeah, as a team. And we, we had to fight going. for it, didn't we, today? Brighton are decent, aren't they? Yeah, but I think that shows the teams coming on. We're learning from previous mistakes in, in the other games. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep learning, keep fighting all the way and, uh, yeah, see where that takes us. Now, when you and Reggie were here for the first time and you're having a look around just on the day you signed, you, you told us about Reggie and you said, look, he'll, he'll get up and down that left-hand touchline. Yeah. And he'll deliver. And did he or did he not deliver for you today? Normally what with his ball? left foot, but <laughs> today is right. Um, I already said he's welcome because it was a terrible cross. I made it good. I got him the assist, didn't I? So, uh, <laughs> no, it was, um, it was a great ball in. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I was just uh, looking to get good contact and, and steer it into the corner. And, uh, yeah, thankfully it went in. Brilliant. Well, so look, you've, you've been involved in a number of games now. Just, just before we sign off, how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good, getting a lot fitter. Obviously, it's... It's been good to get a couple of starts in the Europa League. Um, obviously, getting some more minutes here again today is, is going to benefit me again. So, um, yeah, 
I'm, I'm staying patient. I know I need to keep building my match fitness. It's been a while since, since I've really put a couple of games together. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to keep working hard in training every day and, and in the games when I'm, when I'm given the chance. And, yeah, we'll go from there. Well, congratulations. You've made Spurs fans very happy tonight. Thank you. Hey, guys. It's Metodi from Bulgaria here. Thank you very much for once again having me on your show. Before we start discussing the upcoming game between Lulugorets and Spurs, let me tell you a bit more about the Bulgarian champions whose story is unparalleled in world football, I would say. And uh, you will understand why in a minute. So, first things first, the name of the team Lulugorets translates as Crazy Forest because Crazy Forest is a geographical area in northern Bulgaria Lulugorets are from. Their town is called Razgrad and uh, it has a population of just 30,000 people. This town is now mostly famous for its football club. And the story of Lulugorets is unique because they first got promoted to the Bulgarian top flight back in 2011. And ever since, they have always won the Bulgarian league, making it nine league titles in a row. Uh, their club owner is among the wealthiest people in Bulgaria and thanks to his financial backing, they've invested a lot in signing quality players, mostly from abroad. Ten um, days ago, they sacked Czech manager Pavel Verba uh, because he didn't deliver the results he was hired for. Now, in charge of Ludogorets is Stanislav Genchev, who used to be one of the assistants to, to Verba. Uh, last season, he, he also was at the helm of Ludogorets before they hired Verba. Uh, so he knows uh, the club inside out. Uh, but against Lask last week, they conceded four goals, uh, lost 4-3 and were a total mess at the back. Um, to make things even worse for Genchev and Ludogorets, uh, they've suffered a lot of injuries to key players. All three strikers, Spaniard Ihinio Marin, Romanian Claudio Kesheru and Bulgarian international Kirill Despodov are all injured right now. Uh, and against Lask, um, they played without a proper striker with left winger Elvis Manu uh, leading the attack. To be fair to him, he did really well, uh, scoring a hat-trick. Uh, so he's one of the players to watch out for in the upcoming Spurs game. Uh, but if they don't manage to, to solve their issues at the back, uh, they will suffer against Spurs, and that is for sure. Uh, so I expect them to, to play in a, a 4-2-3-1 formation, uh, maybe with uh, Manu once again up front. And unfortunately, uh, I, I don't think they are capable of, of surprising Spurs. And my prediction is 2-1 uh, to Spurs. That's it. Uh, greetings from Bulgaria. And my name is Metodi Shomonov. Hello and welcome back to the final part of the last word on Spurs. And now again, another game week for Tottenham, another midweek game. Chance to repair some damage for Spurs in the Europa League. We take on Ludogoret Razgrad. That is this coming Thursday. Ludogoret top of the Bulgarian league at the moment. It's quite a big game for this Tottenham, isn't it? In terms of trying now to respond and get this group stage back under some form of control. Rich, let's start with you. What kind of team... 
are we going to see here? Because we've already seen Jose Mourinho confirm Gareth Bale will be starting. So, I mean, that's a good indicator in terms of, for us, Bale's going to be on the pitch. You'd imagine, though, on the back of last week's showing and how critical he was of the 11 that started, do you see many changes, Rich, coming back into this game? I think he'll play a very similar team to what he did in the last game in the Europa League. I don't think he's going to risk where we are in the Premier League. And um, so, so you see, Rich, you do see Delhi, you see Winksy coming in, you see these players getting games, even despite he was yes. so critical of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll come in and I think they'll be under no illusions that they can be that bad again. Um Unless, of course, they, they want out in January on loan, uh, naming no names. But I think we all know who we're talking about there. Uh, you know, if, if Telly gets a, gets a game, is he going to try a leg again? I think it looks like he's done. So, but the others, um, yeah, uh, you, you're not going to see that, that type of game again. He won't stand for it. He won't have it. And I like that from him. So it will be a very, very different game. I don't with I don't think Luda Goretz are anywhere near as good as Antwerp are. I think uh, people thought we'd go and skittle them, no problem. But they're a decent outfit. They don't they lose very, very few games at home and they play very well. We play very poorly, but we should have more than enough with that second string again, same as last week to be able to beat Luda Goretz and, and come away with a result and rest, in, and rest it like the first the first choice 11 uh, for, the, for the Premier League games and, and, and to continue, uh, hopefully, um, with our march up the league to top spot. I love it. I do love it. I mean, the, the feeling of you saying that, Richard, is already getting me very, very excited. Chris, coming round to you, um, what do you think, Chris? Do you reckon we'll see a similar 11 to what we saw against Antwerp? Because Mourinho was so critical of that 11 that fielded the start of that game. Can you just see Harry Winks, Deli Ali, Sergio Uria, these players coming back in straight away? I'm just not too sure. What do you reckon? I do, actually. I agree with Richard. I think that he's going to want to keep the, the team that played today, he will want to keep that for West Bromwich Albion away in the Premier League because these are important games. Um, Ludogrets have, have won... Oh, sorry, they've played two so far in the Europa League. They've lost both of the games, um, including last Thursday. They lost 4-3 at last. So... Um, I think Tottenham will win this game very comfortably and uh, it's a real chance now for the likes of Deli Alley if he does come in, Harry Winks and co. Um, you know, Carlos Vinicius, I want to see him play. Lucas Moura, you know, didn't get any game time today. Um, Giovanni Lo Celso. It's all, you know, lots of lots of players can come into this game and, and give their all because, of course, we want these players in Premier League games as well. So they should be pushing knocking on Jose Mourinho's door, saying you want to be playing. And, uh, you know, they need to be put in a, a good shift to, to then be in the Premier League squads and, you know, to be in the Premier League eleven. But um, I think that we have more than enough quality uh, throughout our squad to comfortably win this match. Chris, you mentioned there for you, you still think we are going to adopt the same kind of eleven that we had against Antwerp. I mean, you saw the game today that we've just had, um, of course, against Brighton. Just Regulon and Lloris, the sole survivors from that team. Is this again a chance now for the likes of again Deli Ali, Harry Winks, dare I say, you know, other players in this team, Sergio Uria, uh, Joe Hart will probably come in as well to say, look, look, guys, if you do perform, you will have a chance at getting into that Premier League team. That's what it's surely about, isn't it? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we know, you know, through pre- previous seasons, we have injuries, you know, but Jose Mourinho has got a very, very good squad at the moment. We've got a lot of strength in depth and it is all about opportunities. We, we've said this on the last few podcasts that it is all about opportunities. You know, players need to take the opportunities, you know, with both hands and, 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 and give their all. Thursday clearly wasn't good enough. You know, we lost the game and rightly so. And, uh, you know, as uh, Richard said earlier that, you know, everyone thought that they were just going to be a rollover. We were going to win the game very comfortably, very easy. You know, it wasn't an easy match at all. Um, you know, Jose Mourinho said today's game was going to be a harder game. That proved to be true. Um, you know, it was a tough game t- today. But Ludogorets, as I say, um, you know, they might be doing well in the Bulgarian league, but in Europa League, you know, they're not doing so well. This, this is a game that we should be scoring goals. Every player should be grabbing opportunities. You know, people like Deli Ali, if they are in the squad, you know, they need to... You know, knuckle down, focus and, you know, start putting some shifts in. Otherwise, they're not going to be at the club for much longer because Jose Mourinho is not going to stand for any nonsense. He wants players, you know, giving 110% each week, you know, going, you know, to be in the Premier League squads. And, you know, it's all about competition. And that's what I love about this squad, you know, for this season so far, the amount of competition that the players have. I agree. Lee, coming around to you, we're recording on a day where we saw this morning lots of snippets on social media, also from the last word on Spurs, actually. You know, Harry Winks, Deli Alley, part of a team that destroyed Real Madrid at Wembley um, only three years ago. And you just think now, you look at the decline, maybe decline, confidence, maybe a word here to use, ability of players, the way there's been a level of drop-off. Um, does this Europa League give the opportunity to the players that we've mentioned that haven't been playing recently, also adding Stephen Bergvine to that as well, to say, look, lads, give us some decent performances in this Europa League and you've got a great chance of being part of a Premier League squad that, dare I say, is challenging for a Premier League now. Isn't that exciting? Why would you Why would you want to leave? Why would you want to leave Tottenham right now? You should all be focused on, you know, really putting in decent performances and being part of a squad that can genuinely challenge for something here. I completely agree with you. Um, and, you know, the, the reality is, you know, your question was to me, does this represent an opportunity for them, the Europa League? Yes, it does. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, before we'd done the business that we did in the summer, I would have been looking at this Europa League. We would have been rolling out, you know, somebody under 23s uh, in, in days gone by. But because of our squad is so good now, we've generally got some players... Well, look, I mean, I'm going to caveat that with the, with the Antwerp performance because it was horrific. But, you know, we've generally got players in each position twice over. So, you know, we shouldn't be, like, like the boys have already said, we shouldn't have a problem with turning over Ludogorets. This would have been a Champions League fixture two seasons ago, um, to be fair as well. So Ludogorets were in the Champions League, um, maybe a bit longer than that, when they played Barcelona, I think, off memory. Um, they was in their group. And obviously, we, we just dropped out of the Champions League this year. So... No, this is this isn't an easy rollover fixture, but I think you know for the squad that we he will put out, and I agree, again I agree with the lads. Um, you know this is like a you know plodiv. You know we didn't turn them over, did we? Like six nil. Uh, I think we went one nil down, and we were losing to them quite late on in the game. So it's going to be a tough game. These away games are tricky. I think I said this before. You know upsets happen in the greatest cup competition in the world in terms of the FA Cup every season, and that's because you know. Teams like Antwerp last week raised their game and it was like, dream big, we can do it. And they were compact and they were they were up for it. And, and the reason why we lost the game is because of our attitude. We just thought we could rock up there and just roll them over. And so, so you know, regardless of who we play in on Thursday, the attitude's got to be right. 
And I think that's what I'm most impressed about and pleased about with having Jose at the team is because he will sort that out. And if he doesn't sort it out, if, if the players don't conform to what he wants, they'd be gone. And, and I think, you know, that's a shame because I, I, I love the players you talked about. You know, I back Winksy, I, I back Delhi all day long. I think I think Delhi will get it back. But um, he has to take the opportunity. And like we said about last uh, last week on the pod, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a fear and that sort of stuff. But the reality is if he gets an opportunity, he's got to take it. You know, your, your, your opportunities are running out. Um, I don't think he'll make um, as many changes. I, look, I don't have a problem with Serge Oya. I think Serge Oya under Jose Mourinho has been brilliant. I have to say he's that. Improved. I think he's been he's very, very good. He's yeah. players under him, 100%. 100%. For, 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 for sure. And when, when you look at Serge Oya's performance against Manchester United, when we smashed him, by the way, this season, all doom and gloom, as we beat Man United 6-1, by the way, just checking my book here. Um uh, he, he was fantastic, Sergio. Absolutely fantastic. Like you know, defensively going forward, scoring a goal. Uh, you know, uh, you know, putting uh, creating chances. I thought he was superb. So I, I think we've got what we've got to all get our heads around is that we have we've got everything set up for us to go and do the business. And it doesn't guarantee us anything. It, of course, it doesn't because you know we, we haven't won something for a long long period of time and, and all that sort of stuff um, and we're an elite level sport where anything can happen and that's why we love the game that is exactly why we want to go to the pub and talk about it refereeing decisions and oh that should have happened and this could have happened because that's what it's an emotional game that's why we love it so anything can happen in football cliche as it might be but we have all of the tools in our kit bag in our tool bag to go and do something special and, and what's really, really interesting about this whole evening, just one question that all of us have answered, is before the season started, before the season started, we were even going, the Europa League is our key trophy. It is the key one that we need to go after. Now we're going, six games in, by the way, six, 12 games, we played 12 games this season. So now we're going, yeah, we need to rest the best players for the Premier League charge. I mean, that is a shift in itself in the mentality of where we're at. And I love it. Long may that continue. So just to finish up on, on that point, I actually like what Jose done last week, last Thursday, where he absolutely let the players have it publicly, threw them under the bus publicly, because I think he's looking at those players in and around the starting eleven, And I think he's going to now see... Who's going to cop the ump and go, oh, I ain't going to be spoken about like that by him and on the phone to their agent. Oh, like, you know, Jose said dirty things about me and I'm not happy here. And I think you'll see those that are going to go, all right, if you think I'm like too Bob, I'll show you and, uh, and, and, and give it a good go. So I think, I think it's a good way of sorting the wheat from the chaff, really. And if he plays the same team again Thursday, We'll see who fancies it and who's like up for the challenge of the gauntlet that he's laid and who's like shrugging their shoulders and crying off and, and not having it. And I think it's a, it's a wheedling out process. So I'm glad he'd done what he'd done last Thursday by giving it to him publicly. I mean, he absolutely monstered them, didn't he? Will, will he get it's that no reaction, Rich? That he's done. Will, will he get well, that reaction? I mean, like, what do you reckon? Do you reckon he'll yeah. get a reaction out of them? Well, he will off some and he won't off of others, I think, to be honest, and knows that he gets a reaction out of, get to stay and mm. get to, like, have a crack and and, and knows that don't see you later. Tell there's, there's just, just no emotion with him. All this, the Instagram post with him sat on the uh, on the bus, with, like, with his mask on and the raving um, and putting a... 
they, they, he hasn't sort of just done that. I mean, that's all designed to get onto those players' Instagram timelines and they see it and they see that he's publicly monstering them. And it would be good to see now who steps up and who falls by the wayside. That's what he's doing. He's testing their character. I love it. No, I agree. Listen, if it's if it's going to be beneficial to us, it's going to help the team grow, and it's you know going to you know instill a lot more resilience into these boys. And why not, Rich? Let's stick with you. Let's get your prediction, Rich. Yeah, I'm going for a big bounce back reaction in the Europa League, and I'm going to say three-one uh, Spurs because we always do let one in. But uh, yeah, three-one to us. Three-one Tottenham. There you go from Rich. Three-one Spurs. Chris, let's come round to you. Prediction, Chris, ahead of this one. What are we going for? I'm going to go for a clean sheet and I'm going to go for a 3-0 Tottenham Hotspur win with Gareth Bale to get a couple. Oh, I like that. Bale back in the mood, back in the goals as well. There you go from Chris. Gareth Bale in the mood. Chris, Lee, let's come around to you. What are we going for? Well, I'm also going for a clean sheet, um, which is controversial. Uh, no, I'm going for a clean sheet and going for a 2-0 Spurs win. I don't think it'll be that comprehensive, but I think it'll be, it'll be a comfortable 2-0, if you know what I mean. Um, and I, I actually fancy um, Lucas to get us a goal. So I think Lucas will play and I think he'll score. OK, there you go, Lucas to score. I'm actually going to go for a 2-1 Spurs win. I don't think it'll be easy out there. I don't think it'll be easy out there in Ludogorets. I really do think we're going to be in for a battle. And I think, again, because if we are going to make, as you boys say... If we're going to make wholesale changes again to an 11, my concern is, as we've said on this show many, many times, is the cohesion, the fluidity you're going to get of making nine or ten changes. It always affects the team. Bringing Joe Hart in, a new back four, a new midfield, a strike pair. And, you know, I do think we have to take into account when you do that to a team, it's never a foregone conclusion you're going to get the result. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 Spurs win. Now, it is time for a very, very special announcement here on The Last Word on Spurs. Before I make the announcement, I just want to say um, we are totally and always overwhelmed by the amount of love and support we've had for The Last Word on Spurs. And as those people out there listening from the very start, they know we've been going for the last two to three years. The last six to 12 months for us have been quite crazy in terms of the opportunities that we've been presented as a team, what's come our way, collaborating with Amazon, recording with some of the wonderful legends we've had on this show. And I just want to thank every single listener that's made that possible through their support and their love for the show. So thank you so much. For me on a personal level, this is a very, very special announcement. I'm going to be a dad in the coming days, coming weeks. Um, so therefore, I will be taking a short break from the show to help my wonderful wife with our baby that will be due, like I say, in the very, very near future. And I'm absolutely delighted to announce that the wonderful Richard Cracknell, yes, the man himself, Richard Cracknell, will be taking over the hosting for me here on The Last Word on Spurs in the near future for the short period. He'll be battling us through the amount of games we've got to come with FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Premier League, Europa League. We've got so much to come here on The Last Word on Spurs. So I'm absolutely delighted to say the wonderful Richard Cracknell, the man himself, the personality of The Last Word on Spurs. We're absolutely delighted to have Rich, who'll be taking over the hosting. I know, Rich, you're also very, very excited about, I say, doing this for us on a weekly basis for however long it may be. And I say, Rich, just a massive thank you again for doing this. And how much are you looking forward to this? Well, thank you for asking me, Rick. It's a real honour because I know you've built this show up through a lot of hard work and I'm fully prepared to dismantle all that <laughs> within about 
free shows. As a father of uh, four kids, I think you'd have been better off still hosting the shows, and I'd have gone and done the paternity leave, to be honest. So, I did uh, ask her. I did ask her, but you know, she she, she she told me that I had to be there, Rich, for the delivery. So I, there's no choice in it, mate. I did offer, you know, to kind of take the podcast there at the time. You know, because my luck, what will happen is we will be, you know, delivering the child while Spurs are on. And that's a definitive case, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know that's going to that's gonna happen. But uh, no, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I'm planning to do the first half of the show in Spanish and the second <laughs> half in Cockney. So uh, make, make her that. Make it at what you well, thought you we, we, we have so, got multinational uh, listeners. We cannot wait, mate. We have got multinational listeners, Rich. That might work. <laughs> we're very, well, very we cannot wait, funny. mate. We're, we're lucky to have you. No, very, very excited. We're very excited. <laughs> I'm very so, looking forward to it. Uh, very, very much looking forward to it. We're very excited. So, a big announcement for us here on the last one on Spurs. Leaving you in the very capable hands of Richard Cracknell. Rich has been, that's a guest with us for the last, I think, two or three, two or three years, Rich. A couple of years now, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, so, like yeah, I say, knows, yeah, knows yeah. the boys fairly well. So, like I say, we'll be in safe hands. That'll be, say, in around two or three weeks. It could be two or three days. You know what it's like now as we get to this stage it's like january and summer transfer windows you never know what's around the corner a present is on its way when it's being delivered who knows when when i say we've got all that to come <laughs> let me say a massive thank you to the wonderful chris cowlin who predicted trophies are coming chris we're still on course for all four let's hope we're still on that party bus or getting on that party <laughs> bus at the end of the season Listen, it's gone from a crazy trade to a party buster still at the moment. Rich taking the helm in the in his near, near future. Lee, what have we got to come our way here? Very, very exciting times to come. Fantastic, mate. Show's thick and fast. Crazy training still rolling. Uh, we've got crackers uh, to, to, to come on and start hosting as well over the next couple of, uh, couple of shows. It's going to be absolutely yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Uh, loving every minute of it. And uh, look, just enjoy it. Just, yeah, we've been through some proper rubbish for the last 18 months, right? Ain't, ain't been in the top four out of Champions League, Champions League final, Poch getting sacked, you're like, Ugh, doom and gloom. Just enjoy it, Spurs fans. Listeners, just enjoy the fact that when you go to sleep tonight, you can know that Tottenham Hotspur are second in the Premier League. We've scored more goals than anyone else. We've got the goal scorer, top assist, the best passer in the game. Happy days. Let's just deal with it. And if we lose, if we get our obligatory 1-1 draw against West Brom next week, let's have a moan about it then. But until then, we're second in the play. Just want to say, Rich, obviously, of course, as you know, these boys very much kind of keep things, you know, under control. Don't get carried away whatsoever. It's a very easy show to come in and just, you know, deal with the fact that we've got a 1-1 West Brom coming up very, very soon. Ah <laughs> uh, no, we'll, you know we'll, we'll get some. We'll get some. We'll find the positives in it. Don't worry. But all I'm looking forward to, Rick, is winning that big shiny title trophy this season, and you christening your newborn Tangai Harry Harry Serge Gareth Hooming Sacks. I love the way you put Sacks on the end there. Winning, <laughs> off the back of a winning winning squad. Oh, that, that's the baby's name. Sorted. Done. There you go. I'll just get that approval. I'm sure she'll she'll put that through for me. Definitely 100%. No doubt about that. Listen, we are going to be back with you very, very soon. This coming Thursday is things stand. to so look back on Tottenham Hotspurs game in the Europa League against Ludogorets. Have a great week. Keep safe. Keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.